He is risen. Yes, he has. I tell you. Wasn't that an awesome song? You know, oh, the fight to be forgiven and not guilty. And uh, if we could give our drama team and our worship team a hand. Uh, they did a great job. It's good to have all you guys uh, here this morning. Um, let's see here. I suppose to announce something, I think. But it's wonderful to have you guys who are here for the first time. All you guys who are watching online in the balcony downstairs in our little cafe overflow down there. It's a blessing to have you as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And uh, did anybody here get one of these flyers in the mail? Anybody here get one? Yeah, a few of you did. We sent out like 20,000 of them. I mean, I was expecting more than five to actually make their way into your homes there. Uh, but we'll figure that out. But uh, I shared on, on that flyer that next week we're going to be go, uh, beginning a new series that I'm developing. And we're just going to the Bible you know, to find the answers to some questions and all. And uh, it's just calling it Live Long and Prosper. And as we study this, you got to learn how to do this, okay? Do, do you know who does that? Spock. I mean, you're old, right? You know, I grew up with Star Trek, and that was like a Vulcan motto. And before you go criticizing me about all that, did you know it all originated from the Bible? Live long and prosper. Did you know that? Did you know that God... He absolutely delights in the prosperity of his children. Did you know that? You know, but some people go, well, you know, Christians are not supposed to prosper. Let's take a toll and see. How many of you want to fail? Raise your hand. How many of you want to prosper? Raise your hand. The prosperous guy's got it, okay? You want to be blessed. I'm not talking about just living with greed, but living with more than you need so you can be a blessing to other people and you can represent Christ very well. Well, we're going to go to the Bible see what the Bible has says about all this and how we can apply these things that will dynamically impact and affect our life forever, you know, in this world and in the one to come. Um, there was a little boy I was reading about, and he got on the elevator at the Empire State Building in New York City. And he and his dad started going up to the top of the uh, the building there, and the boy was watching the signs that were flashing by, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, and just kept going. All these numbers were zipping by. He scooted over closer to his dad, took his dad by the hand as they were just climbing at a high rate of speed and going higher and higher and higher. And then he said, Daddy, does God know we're coming? You know. So, you know what? Uh, it was very interesting, a little kid was thinking about that, but does God know you're coming? You have a reservation, you know. Well, uh, resurrection, Easter, is for everyone. And what we're going to talk about today dynamically affects every one of us. And it will affect us. And it changes everything about our lives. When we grasp what has happened, why it has happened, and how to apply it to our lives. Let me read you something out of the, the book of Hebrews, 
chapter 9, verse 27, and it says here, it says, each person is destined to die, how many times? Once. You got to understand, God's word clarifies the whole deal about reincarnation, you know. You don't have to worry about when you eat uh, your steak or your hamburger or your chicken. You don't have to worry about eating a relative or anything like that, you know. Because the Bible says each person is destined. That means we have an appointment with God. We all have an appointment with God. We're, we're pilgrims. We're just passing through here. It says each person is destined to die once, and after that comes, what's that word? Judgment. Now, you've got to understand, once you've been forgiven, once you've uh, applied what God has provided, you don't have to worry about judgment. And that's just the truth of it. You don't, well, listen to what another passage says. To clarify it, in John 5, 24, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word, this is Jesus talking, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. That's what we're talking about, life. Everlasting and he says, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. You mean by believing what God says in his word and believing the, the sacrifice that he sent of his son, we will not come into judgment? That's exactly what he's talking about. Shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. So, as the Bible says, it is appointed unto every one of us. It's destined for each of us to die once. And after that comes a judgment. But for those who are in a relationship with Christ, who have appropriated that, you don't have to worry about judgment. It does not affect you. You've been forgiven. You're not guilty. No matter what you've done in your past, this is absolutely fantastic. This is good news. And then he goes on to say in Hebrews 9, 28, he says, so also Christ offered, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. Not to cover them for a year like the, the natural lambs when their blood was shed, but Jesus' sacrifice takes away the sins of many, many people. And we need to understand that this, this payment that Jesus made for our life everlasting, that was his death on the cross. That was payment for our sins. And so we can have life everlasting. That was payment. But then the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead was evidence that God had accepted that payment. And it was good enough to wash your sins and my sins away and to remove the guilt. Guilt is a horrible thing, is it not? It gnaws at us. It, it, it destroys any joy that we might would have. That's what guilt does. So anyhow, let me pick up here. And uh, let's see, what verse was we at there? It was verse 28. Let me finish that. It says, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again. You believe that? He will come again not to deal with our sins that have been forgiven, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him, enthusiastically believing and waiting for his return, is what he's saying. 
And then Matthew chapter 24, verse 40, 44, it says, you must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Do you expect Jesus to come back before I finish this message today? Really? I mean, do you really expect him to come back? He's probably coming. Because he said, when you least expect it. And we should live that way. As It could be any moment. It could be this week, for real. It really could be. Romans, this is the passage that everything I say today rises and falls on. It's in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 8, and it says, If you openly declare, which means if you'll confess with your mouth, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, that's number one. Number two is, and believe in your heart that God, what did he do? Raised. raised him from the dead. Raised Jesus from the dead. If you'll openly declare, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, number two, and you'll believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. Live. Life. Forever. Life everlasting. That is the key component. Now, if, if you just let Jesus be born, you let him be crucified and die, but he doesn't rise from the dead, it has no effect upon us. But because Jesus rose from the dead, it changes things. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead changes everything. Everything about you. It impacts your life. It, it, it impacts it today and tonight and tomorrow. And there's an ongoing transformation for the men and the women who understand and they, they reach out, grab a hold of this resurrection power that's been provided for us to live this life. It doesn't just impact us when we get to heaven one day. I'm talking about right now. He says here in verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you're saved or confessing with your mouth. So we believe and Jesus Christ is our Lord. And do you really believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Do you? Yeah. Absolutely. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's why he came. And it was accepted by the Father. Um, there was a little boy, and he was visiting his grandparents, and he was given his very first slingshot. Does anybody here have a slingshot? Raise your hand. Oh, there's a, okay. Cool. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I like slingshots. Okay. And I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you some honest to good, goodness facts, okay? I've, I've been playing with slingshots all my life, but it's only been five years ago that I learned how to shoot one accurately, okay? Now, hey, Justin. I'm just going to make sure it's Justin. Oh, yeah, hey, Justin. Just stay right there. Do you have a badge? Do you have a badge on? <clears throat> Can you pull it out? This, okay. Y'all see Justin's badge? Jiggle around, Justin, so I can see it. Now, I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling honestly facts. I can take a slingshot from here and hit, hit that tag just like that. I mean, it's just, I learned how to aim a slingshot. I never knew how to do that before. 
As a matter of fact, I used to have a lot of chipmunks around my home. And I'm telling you, those rascals, when seasoned well, are awesome on a stick over a campfire. Here's my wife, Susan. Is that true? Tastes like chicken. Anyhow, I'm sorry. I digress. Let me get back to my story. Okay. But if you ever want to learn how to shoot a slingshot, all it takes is 10 minutes. You know how to shoot a slingshot very accurately. It's a piece of cake, to be honest with you. I wish somebody had taught me years ago. Anyhow, here's this little boy. He's visiting his grandparents, and he was given his first slingshot. And he practiced out in the woods. But he could never hit his target. So, as he came back to Grandma's backyard, he saw her pet duck. And on impulse, he took aim and let it fly. The stone hit, and the duck fell dead. Yeah, sorry. Okay. The boy panicked. Desperately, he hid the duck in the woodpile only to look up and see his sister Sally watching. <laughs> Sally had seen it all, but said nothing. After lunch that day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen today. Didn't you, Johnny? And then Sally leaned over and whispered, Remember the duck. So Johnny did the dishes. Later, Grandpa asked if the children wanted to go fishing. Grandma said, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help make supper. Sally smiled and said, oh, that's all taken care of. Johnny wants to help do it. And again, the whisper, remember the duck. Johnny stayed while Sally went fishing. After several days of doing both his chores and Sally's, he just couldn't stand it anymore. So he went and he confessed to Grandma that he had killed her pet duck. I know, Johnny, she said, giving him a hug. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> and, and we got to understand something. Don't ever think that God hasn't seen what you've done. Everything. He's seen it all. Anyhow, Grandma said, I was angry at first, Johnny, but because I love you so much, I forgave you. I was just wondering how long you would let Sally make a slave out of you. <laughs> now, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that the enemy of our soul, the devil, is the accuser of the brethren. He's accusing us of things all day long. I don't care if it's something you did 50, 40, 30 years ago or something that you did this morning. He reminds us. If something's not going well in your life, the devil whispers, it's because of the duck. You know, things aren't going well for you because you remember what you did 20 years ago? You remember what you did last year? You remember what you did a week ago? And because of that, the things are going bad for you. That's what the devil does. He accuses the brother. And the Bible says that. He's there to steal our joy and to try to make a slave out of us so we don't have the freedom anymore. Anyhow, don't let Satan make a slave out of you. 
Listen to what the Bible says. Psalms 32, verse 1, it says, Oh, what joy for those whose rebellion is forgiven. Forgiven. This is talking about a gift. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't barter for it. It says, Oh, what joy for those whose rebellion is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Not just covered for a while. I mean, it's gone. Oh, the joy. No longer guilt eating away at us. And then he goes on to say in verse 2, Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Like Johnny, Grandma forgave Johnny. Oh, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Johnny was freed once he confessed to Grandma. And when you and I confess to God, he says we confess our sins to him. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. That's 100%. That's what his word tells us. This is phenomenal. Verse 3, he says, when I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable. And I groaned all day long. When the devil steals our joy... You know, it's the joy of the Lord, it's our strength. When he steals our joy, he steals our strength. And, and when we're constantly remembering the duck, remembering the sins of our past, you know, we're miserable, we're, we're weak, we're negative. And then he says in verse 4, day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me, and my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. And then it says interlude, which means... Stop and think about that. Your strength evaporates. Can you imagine pouring some water on the hot asphalt in the hottest day of the summer? It almost sizzles and it just evaporates. It's gone in no time. And that's what happens when we have guilt. It, our strength is, it just evaporates. Our joy is gone. We're, we're miserable. On, on the most beautiful day and things happen, we're just still miserable because of we're remembering the duck. We're remembering the things of our past. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's bringing up our past to make our lives miserable. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus rose from the, the dead for a purpose, and that's to remove the guilt from you and from me. He says here in verse uh, 5, it says, Finally, I confessed all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide them. Just like Johnny. He stopped trying to hide the fact that he killed the duck and he'd hit it. He finally came clean and he confessed it. And it says here, finally, I confess all my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide them. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. Like a prodigal son, he came home. He says, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. And what's the next word? All my guilt is gone. And it says interlude, which means stop and think about that. All of my guilt, all of my guilt from 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago and, and for whatever it was that happened last week, my guilt is gone. When God forgives you, he cleanses you. Amen. And he forgives and the guilt is gone. The devil doesn't have a handle to grab a hold of you and aggravate you and rob from you anymore 
when the guilt is gone. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says, this is a true saying. This is a true saying, and everyone should believe it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save who? Sinners. To save sinners. And the apostle says, and I was the worst of them all. Jesus came to save sinners, and I was the worst of them all, verse 16. But that is why God had mercy on me, so that Christ Jesus could use me, he said, as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. And then others will realize, when they see what he did for me, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Even the thief on the cross. You remember what Jesus said, today you'll be in paradise. And he was a genuine thief. He was a crook. But he called out upon the Lord. It says they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Excuse me to say, I forgot something. Y'all be very careful when I set these things down. I don't want them to fall under your feet there. No, nobody pop any of them. Okay, so. Oh. You know, there's something on the inside of these particular balloons that's preventing them from acting like other balloons. A lot of balloons, you just drop them, they just go right down to the floor. But there's something on the inside of these that, that's contrary to that. And, and, and my Bible says that greater is Christ who's in us than the devil that's in this world. And, and there's something on the inside of these balloons here that is greater than gravity. That gravity is still here. I feel it pulling me down toward the uh, platform here, but there's, for some reason, these balloons, there's something in them that's rising up, you know. There's, there's a change. There's, there's a difference about these balloons. And see, when you and I receive Christ in our lives, He changes everything. The, the risen Christ... I'm talking about access and resurrection power for your own life. It changes things. Sin don't have the same control that it once had. And that impacts your life in awesome and major kind of a ways. And I'll come back to this in just a bit. But he says here, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and, and receive eternal life. And when we receive eternal life, it's by receiving Christ in our life and that, that resurrection power that changes everything. John chapter 3, verse 14, it says, In the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so people could have something to see and then believe, it is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up. Now, we know that Jesus was lifted up upon a cross. Does anybody remember how many days he was on the cross he was in the tomb for three days how long was he on the cross very few hours and it must be encouraged not criticizing those but it must be encouraged that he was only on the cross for a very few hours 
Then he was placed in a tomb for three days. Then he went to hell for three, those three days. That's where he was at. And we'll talk about that another time. But then what happened on that third day? He rose from the dead. And I just don't believe it honors God when we hang a, a dead Jesus on there because it gives us a defeated mentality like our Savior, like he was defeated. He planned it. This was a strategy, you see. He came here, camouflaged himself with your and my sins, and the devil reached up and grabbed a hold of him because of that camouflage of our sins, pulled him down. And the Bible is very clear. He went to hell for three days. He genuinely did on purpose. And while he was there, he beat the stuffings out of the devil, and he grabbed the keys. There's all kinds of places that you could be incarcerated in in hell. And the Bible says he took the keys with him and he rose from the dead. And he basically says, you'll go to hell over my dead body. And he has done everything within his power to forgive you and cleanse you, pay for your misconduct, for your sins of the past. And he is alive still. And we need to see that empty cross. We need to understand he is alive and he is powerful, resurrection power, and he wants to bring that resurrection power into your life. And when it comes into your life, it changes everything. It genuinely does. So he says here, if I can figure out where I was at, 14, that's a good verse. He says here, in the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so people could have something to see and then believe it is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up. And he was lifted up, but then he was lifted up even higher. The Bible tells us he ascended in to be with the Father. And the angels said, hey, why are you staring up in the air? You know, he's coming back. The way you saw him depart, he's coming back one day. Get on with the business he's left you to do, basically. And then verse 15 says, and everyone who looks up to him trusting and expectant will gain real life, eternal life. This is how much God loved the world. This is verse 16, John 3, 16. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son. We're talking about Jesus here. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. There is an awesome, fantastic, real heaven it's a real place, and there is a real hell. And Jesus don't want you to go there. That's why he came as sinless, and he took your place. And he rose from the dead. He says, all we got to do is believe in him. Believe in him. And he says here in verse 16, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter about your past, don't matter. He says by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life, everlasting life. This is free. It's, it's given to us. Romans chapter 3, verse 20, uh, 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but... But the free gift, a gift, a free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, 
our Lord. It's a gift. He wants all of us to receive. And I was reading this article. It says, while leaving our small town carnival, our sons, who are ages six and two, they were walking hand in hand behind my husband and me, and we overheard Tyler tell his younger brother, Corey, he said, this is what heaven is like, except heaven is free. Now, he really did nail it because heaven is free. But sometimes we think because something's free, it's cheap. Let me tell you something. Going to heaven ain't cheap. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie that's out there. It's the most biblical uh, rendition of what Jesus went through before the crucifixion. It's called the Passion of Christ. That is very biblically accurate. It's hard to watch. I'm going to tell you, heaven is free to every one of us. But it wasn't cheap. Somebody paid a high and a dear price so it could be free to you and free to me. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thank God for his Son, a gift too wonderful. <laughs> too wonderful for words. Every dictionary on the planet and all the encyclopedias, if they had been diligently sought after trying to describe Jesus, thank God for his son, a gift too wonderful for words. We find words fail to express the goodness and the wonderfulness of God and his love for us. We are left speechless if you genuinely try to describe a gift too wonderful, magnificent. Amazing, astonishing. But, but lists that are miles long would fail to communicate the truth of how wonderful Jesus is for you and to you and what he's done for you and what he's provided. And many of us have never accessed all that he has provided for us. Psalms 100, no, Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, the psalmist is saying, you, you will show me the way of life, everlasting life, abundant life. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Now, you know, I go up on the mountain every night to pray for you guys. Every night. And I was up there last night, the night before that, and sometimes I get up here in the morning. I actually was up there at the sunrise this morning. You know, praying for you guys. But two nights ago, as I was going up there, I just started singing this particular song right here. It, it, it's been put to some music. It goes, In your presence, in your presence, there is peace. In your presence, in your presence, there is joy. And I'm sure all the animals on the mountain ran because I was bellowing it out. I will linger, I will stay in your presence day by day till your likeness can be seen in me. What a wonderful song that was to sing. 
And I'm going to tell you, it is awesome hanging out with God. And when you live and you <clears throat> become acquainted with his presence, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with the Son of God. I'm talking about to know him in a personal way and, and to access all the resurrection power and all the promises that he has promised and given us now, not just when we die and go to heaven. He is crazy about you. God loves you and wants you to enter into a relationship with him. I'm telling you, this is the truth in his presence. It's a life-changing experience. Accessing the presence of Almighty God and his resurrection power and to know him in reality. It's just amazing. Listen to what the scripture goes on to say. And Jesus is talking here. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus said, that's not my words. I'm just reading what he said. He said, I am the way. The truth, that's not no lie. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the abundant life. He's also eternal life. He goes on to say, no one can come to the Father in heaven except through me. Jesus said, there is only one way to get to heaven, and Jesus says, it's through him. He is the door. He was the only one who was sinless, you see. It's not by works of righteousness which we've done. It's by what Christ Jesus, he died on the cross, he shed his blood to wash our sins away, and then he rose from the dead. Paid in full. Father accepted payment. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And it, it, if a person says, well, I believe that Jesus was a, a really great teacher, but I don't believe he was the Son of God, you can't say that. If he is a liar and making statements about himself, I don't think he's a good teacher. He's a liar, he's a lunatic, or he is Lord of all. And I believe he's Lord of all. And he is alive. He will change and transform us if we allow him to do so. And, and listen to what he says here. Uh, uh, 1 John chapter 5, 11 says, And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody, nobody gets to heaven except through Jesus. And that is you have to believe in the resurrection, that he paid for your sins, but then he demonstrated payment was accepted. There's not a Quaker, there's not a Baptist, or a Presbyterian, a Methodist, Episcopalian, a Catholic, a Protestant in heaven. On entering the gates of heaven, we must leave all the badges, schisms, and divisions behind. You access heaven by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are no categories. Oh, you want to? I'll put you over here in that little corral. Oh, I'll, I'm going to put you over here in this little. Uh, oh, I, you, you want to? Oh, I'll put you. No, you're either a follower of Jesus or you're not. God didn't make all those schisms and divisions, you see. It's all about Jesus. It really is. Thomas Jefferson made that statement, by the way. Picking up in John 3, 17, it says, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point 
an accusing finger telling the world how bad it was. He had a strategy, you see. God had a plan. His plan was to forgive us, to remove the guilt and condemnation, to get us to heaven. That was his strategy, if you would. Think about that. And it says, the latter part of verse 17, he came to help to put the world right again. See, anybody can devise a plan by which good people go to heaven. But it took Almighty God to devise a plan to get bad people, people who have sinned and made mistakes, to get them there. And God came up with a fantastic strategy. That was send his son Jesus, who paid for us all. Verse 18, it says here in John 3, 18, it says, Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. We're cleared. We're, we're, we're set free. We're released. We're found not guilty. We're forgiven. Anyone who trusts in him, don't matter about your past. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence. Oh, no, 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 that can't be right. It says anyone who refuses to trust him, Jesus, has long since been under the death sentence. What's the next three words say? Without knowing it. Oh, you didn't know it. But if you've not accepted Christ, that's, that's where you're at, under this death sentence. Because the wages of sin is death. And he goes and says, and why? Because of that's, that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. That's why we're under the death sentence, because of the failure to believe in Jesus Christ. Once he's been offered and you reject him, we're under the death sentence. You've rejected the only bridge that gets you there. You've rejected the only way. God don't want that. He surely doesn't. John chapter 3, verse 36 says, And all who believe in God's Son have eternal life. Those who don't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but the wrath of God remains upon them. Please believe in Jesus. Please believe in Him. Please believe in Jesus. It is our only hope. All that He went through for us to pay off all of our sin. Believe him. There is no other way. Not to heaven, there is none. Believe in him. John 3, 19 says, this is the crisis we're in. God light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. But, God has made a way where there seemed to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He has made a way for me. And that way is Jesus. He has made a way for you and I to have life everlasting. It's been provided. That's why we celebrate this awesome, fantastic holiday because Jesus is alive. He did rise from the dead. He genuinely did. You think about this. You know, Dr. Billy Graham, who recently went to be with the Lord, he made a statement often in his ministry. He said, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the gospel. The gospel means good news. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead, he said it is the gospel. And in the book of Hebrews, it tells us, Abraham said, he said, I'm just a pilgrim. And I'm just passing through. And I'm looking for a city 
whose builder and maker is God himself. You and I are passing through. Don't get too attached to what is here because we are passing through and we're looking for a city whose builder and baker is the almighty God. But make sure your name is written in the book of life. Make sure you've chosen to believe that Jesus is Lord and make sure that you have chosen to believe it and to confess it, that God did raise his son Jesus from the dead. It is the truth. Well, finally, let me share one more thought with you here. A few hours before Dwight L. Moody, a fantastic preacher of years gone by, D.L. Moody, he died. A few hours before that, he caught a glimpse of the glory that was awaiting him. Awakening from a sleep, he said, Earth recedes, heaven opens before me. If this is death, it is sweet. There is no valley here. God's calling me, and, and I must go. And his son, who was standing by his bedside, said, No, Father, no, you're, you're dreaming. No, said Mr. Moody, I'm not dreaming. I have been within the gates, and I have seen the children's faces. A short time elapsed, and then following what seemed to the family to be the death struggle, he spoke again. This is my triumph. This, my coronation day, and it is glorious. And time fails us now today. All the articles I've looked about historians, people that you would know of, the statements that they made as they were leaving this earth and going beyond. There is a real heaven that awaits us. And there's only one way to get there, and that's through Jesus Christ. But once we have accepted him into our life, then what? Can you see what this says? Oh, there we go. Can you see what it says on the side of this balloon? It says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That's not really written on there. I just kind of made that up. <laughs> well, this balloon here, it represents sin. And this one represents the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. See, we all were born with sin in our life. And it was only Jesus' pure, innocent blood can wash us. And here it says, wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. That's Old Testament. And then once our sins, by the blood of Jesus, has been washed clean, then, in Peter it says, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Once we've been cleansed, there's this process of growing in grace, growing in faith, and maturing as a believer. And then, in John it says, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you will be also. I don't know if you've been around long enough. If you've been around very long, you've probably heard me make a statement. When I get to heaven, I'm going to kick off my shoes and I'm going to slide in my sock feet right up to the pearly gates on those golden streets, you know. Now, I don't know. When I get to heaven, God may have already taken my socks away. I don't know. He may not even give me no clothes. I don't know what I'm going to look like when I get to heaven. But if he allows me, I'm going to slide in those, uh, on that street of gold. And that's what this represents. And one of these balloons represents everybody who's here or who's watching. 
we're either still caught up in our sin that we all have in the beginning or we've accepted and believed in Jesus Christ and now our sins are all washed away and we've got a clean heart. And then we begin the process of maturing and growing and learning more about Christ and about grace and about faith. Or some of our loved ones who've already passed on and they're already in the balcony awaiting us to come. Is this a simple presentation of the gospel here or what? Is it? Let me see. Do I have my... Uh, oh, here they are. Well, our staff worked really, really hard yesterday to find me enough of jelly beans and they got five jelly beans for me and they put them in these little bags and on the side of the bag we put the scripture in black representing the black jelly bean that we've all seen and then they got the scripture in red for the red one and the white and the the green and the gold and as you leave in a few moments everybody gets their jelly beans to take home with them jelly beans kind of goes with Easter don't you think a little bit and what a wonderful opportunity for you to share with some people that you would gather with today. And if you go to the store and pick up some more jelly beans, you can eat them as you're talking about it, you know. But you can't eat them all because then they'll forget, well, what would that one represent, you know? But it's a, it's a little way that you can share the gospel. And there are children that I know of who were too young to read. But they took these simple colors. It was in a, a little booklet, a wordless book. And they led their mamas and daddies to Jesus with those five scriptures and five colors. And we can use balloons or we can use jelly beans, but there's one for everybody. And then there's a bonus thrown in here today. This is a bonus. Now, I don't know if anybody would, you know, I mean, it shows you people in business, you know. There's this piece of candy I came across some time ago, and uh, they don't even sell them for a cheap price. They're pretty expensive, you know, even though they misspelled the name of it. Now, this piece of candy, it says risen. It's talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know. They spelled it R-I-E-S-E-N. So they misspelled it. I don't know, you know. But I'm sure they meant to say risen on it. So this is a bonus. Hey, ushers, do we have those? You got the jelly beans and the resurrection candy to give everybody? Yeah. Well, last service, I, at this point, I popped one in my mouth. That was a mistake. This thing lasts probably 15 minutes, you know. It's caramel stuff inside there with the chocolate all over it and all. So I'm going to eat it after I pray with you guys. But I am so thankful we have come together this day to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. But I want to pray for all of you, and I want to ask you to join me. Those of you who know Christ, I want you to reaffirm your faith in Him today. And, and maybe you're here today, or maybe you're watching online and you don't know for sure that your sins are washed away. You don't know if your name is written in the book of life. You're not really convinced right this moment if you're on your way to heaven or not. Well, I want you to pray with us. Many of you know it, and you're going to reaffirm your faith. And many of you maybe pray it for the very first time. So I want us to bow our heads, close your eyes, just for a moment. It ain't going to take long. And I'd like us to pray out loud together. You can pray right after me. Would you join me, dear Heavenly Father? I believe that you love me. And I believe you sent your son Jesus. And I believe he died on the cross for me. To wash my sins away. And to remove all my guilt. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I believe he's knocking at the door of my heart. 
I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. I turn from those things, and I choose this day to live my life for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, right now, I'm going to release you just a second, but right now, if you prayed with me and you accepted Christ into your life, if you go to the connections desk right there in the back and let them know that you just prayed that prayer for the first time, they got a little gift bag. It's got a Bible and some other little goodies of faith that would inspire you. Let them know. It's all free. And if you're here for the first time, we've got a beautiful mug that we've had made up, you know, and it's just a gift. If you're here for the first time, we're just saying thank you for coming. We hope you come back. If you need some prayer, God... He answers prayer. There will be people around the altar who would love to pray with you. And don't forget, next week, what's our title? Live long and prosper. We're going to start that. Oh, one, one final thing. Oh, can, can I borrow that one, dear? It's just a, all you got to do is just put a check on this. Oh, here's a little booklet for you. He is risen. Very inspiring. I would encourage you. That's yours. It's on your seat. That's yours. And uh, this is our connections card. And this gives you a place to make a check if you want to. And it says, I will strive to live my life as if Christ were coming for me this week. Would you live different if you know you was going to meet Jesus this week? Well, it says, I will strive to live my life as if Christ were coming for me this week. If that's you, say, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try to live for Jesus, you know, this week. Check it off, drop it in the tithe box. Hey, God bless you. You are dismissed.